The Indie Insider Podcast is presented by Blackshell Media, a publishing and marketing firm working to help independent video game developers reach massive audiences, publish financially successful titles, and turn game development into a career. The company also offers educational resources for aspiring and experienced developers alike, which is why we get to bring this show to you every week. For more on Blackshell Media, visit blackshellmedia.com. Welcome to Indie Insider, presented by Blackshell Media. This is the weekly show where we talk with video game developers and professionals about their stories, their advice for others, and their thoughts on the indie video game industry. I'm Logan Schultz, and on today's show, it's a bit different from our usual format. We're going to be revisiting some of the best advice from previous guests on the show so that you can find inspiration and motivation for whatever you're working on all in one place. As always, if you have thoughts, questions, or ideas on what we should do next, shoot me an email at logan at blackshowmedia.com. You can also find the most up-to-date news on the Indie Insider Podcast on Twitter by following at Logan A. Schultz or at Indie underscore Insider. Finally, you can follow us on Instagram under the name Indie Insider. And now, without further ado, here's our first Indie Insider Focus episode. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I've always wanted to do some focus episodes based off of some of our incredible advice and ideas shared with us from previous guests of the show. After over 50 episodes of the show, there are certainly some you missed or have forgotten, uh, and, and hearing them now in a new way may just bring new light to them for you. I'm calling it a focus episode because sometimes we need to just focus on what matters right now. We can get distracted or caught up in the middle of things and lose sight of what matters most to us. This idea, sharing the best advice from our past guests, is designed to help us all refocus. I think that it might just help us all. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started at the beginning. Our second guest ever, Kevin Carthew from Team 17, shared some great advice about doing your research. Not only was I extremely excited to talk to Team 17, as I've been a big fan of their games, but I also needed to hear that advice. There's simply nothing that can take the place of putting the work in and doing your research? Um, I think that there is, it doesn't sound particularly romantic or exciting, but I genuinely think if you want to be pragmatic about it, there's really no substitute for for doing your research. Um, Look at the platform that you're aiming at, look at the market that you're going into. I would say keep a close eye on the top selling games, have a look across them, see what people are saying on the forums. Uh, and generally try and get a sense of uh, a feel for what works best on that platform, what people are interested in. Now, there's obviously there's no substitute for that little spark of inspiration, right? And there is no perfect blueprint for creating a successful game. And as we see week in, week out, new games come on the market, which you just, you know, nobody could have ever predicted. So there's no substitute for like a really cool core game design. Um, but at the same time, I really don't think it hurts. If anything, it only strengthens your position, knowing what works on that platform. So I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer on keeping an eye on what people are saying, keeping an eye on what seems to be cool and relevant at the time. And if it seems appropriate, but only if it seems appropriate, try and work a little bit of that into your game design and work a bit of that into your dev plans. Here's a great one from Andy and Sarah of Archiact. Communication between you and your collaborators can be insanely difficult, especially in an industry that is based in technology and changes all the time. Andy has some insight on that. Um, 
And of course, you guys have a little bit more experience with VR. So maybe if you want to direct your advice towards, you know, those out there who might be considering VR for their projects, uh, just give some general advice. Tell us some of the wisdom that you can share with those listening. Well, I have something I could share. You, so do I. Go, you <laughs> okay. go first. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm a game designer, and a game designer needs to uh, know how to, how to communicate with the team. That's probably uh, our most valuable tool. And for me, I'm kind of a, a, a relatively soft-spoken person. I'm not very assertive sometimes when it comes to verbal communication. So um, for me, it helps to be able to show my ideas in a different way. So that's I, I've picked up um, some, some programming skills along the way. Um, and that kind of helps me to uh, create simple prototypes to share my ideas. Okay. So I think if, if you're uh, a designer, um, one piece of advice I, I could give is just um, learn how to communicate your ideas, basically. Um, but I think it, it's really helpful to learn how to prototype games. Um, and if that's using programming or uh, if it's just paper prototyping, you could go either way. Um, but I think that's a, probably the most valuable skill to have. So, you know, focus on that, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I've worked with some really fantastic kind of user researchers and people in analytics in the past. And from my perspective, it's like play test early and often um, and get a really wide range of people playing your game because they'll bring in completely different insights. And it's, it ends up being really helpful to you as a designer. We all have in mind, and sometimes whenever we show projects to our other developer plan, friends, they'll all play it kind of as devs, like they kind of get what the limitations are. But when you throw someone in um, a headset who's completely new to the experience, they might show you, some, show you something that you hadn't thought of in terms of what is a delightful experience or what's interesting or what you probably should enable in your project. And because VR is so new, you need more of that than ever before. So just bring in a broad variety of people, get their feedback, watch them play, um, figure out what's fun and like really, really build into that so that you can make a much better experience. David Brevik of Diablo fame was our first truly big name guest on the show, and he paved the way for the show to grow into what it has. But more than that, he was the first to share what has become the most common piece of advice given. Just do it. Go out and actually make a game. I think that for me, I hear oftentimes hear people say, oh, I've got this great game idea. I would really like to make this game. Oh, someday I want to be, I want to make video games. Uh, and to them, I say often, no, you don't. The reason is, is because they aren't doing it. The difference between being a game maker and not being a game maker is actually making a game. <laughs> and, uh, and so if you want to make a game, Prioritize that as part of your life. Do the things that it's going to take to make the game that you want to make. And that means whatever it is. Uh, going out and getting funding or going out and finding a partner or, you know, meeting people online or whatever that are going to help you make this dream game or, uh, uh, you know, just doing it yourself and making a demo or whatever it is. So... Actually making a game and doing the work is the key part. The difference between a game maker and not a game maker or a dreamer is the actual doing. And so sticking with it, finishing your product, the hardest part is finishing, finishing that project, starting something and finishing it, and actually doing, you know, making games is, is really the, the, the best advice that I can give. 
Uh, and because I think that that's where a great majority of the people fall down is that they, they have these ideas, but they don't make them a reality because they aren't actually doing them. Rick Davidson is a firecracker of a person, but his advice is all about something that I struggle with myself, that it's okay to suck at what you're doing when you start. One of the, let me give you two pieces of advice, just super quick. One is always listen to your audience. And if you're making a game, you have to iterate by create a thing, show it to people, work on it more, make it better, show it to people, work on it more, and and do that iteration. That's really important in a game, not to work in a bubble, make it the whole way through, and at the end say, gee whiz, I hope this works. And I do that myself when I create content, when I create you know, advice or information or tips or ideas. And one of the things that I see a lot of on my YouTube channel, which is just Rick Davidson channel is the name of the YouTube channel. Uh, the URL of it is that. Um, I see the things that really connect with people who are, who are out there being indie uh, is particularly a message where I talk about don't give up. It takes time. And my advice is that don't look at what you're currently capable of right now. Because if you've put, for example, six months of time and effort into this, you'll be six months worth of good. And to make a really good game, you might need to be three years worth of good. And the only way to get three years worth of good is to work on it for three years. Not to work on a game for three years, but to work on your skill and ability and knowledge and practice for that amount of time. And if it's going to take you three years and maybe you're working, I don't know, an hour a day, if you go and put in two hours a day, it's only going to take you a year and a half. If you go and put in four hours a day, maybe it's only going to be six months before you get to the point where you're able to make compelling entertainment, compelling player experiences. So my, my advice to indies, and I think you know, the more people are telling each other this, the better, is don't give up if it's really important to you. Don't listen to the people who are saying what you're doing is crap because maybe it's supposed to be crap. Maybe it's not their particular thing. Keep pushing on. Be consistent. Keep putting in the hours. Keep improving. Keep listening to your players. Don't give up. It just takes time. Rebecca Rocha is an incredible woman who's carving out a space for herself in the video game industry, and she shared some powerful advice in that same vein that we all need to hear sometimes. Guys. When you go to these networking events, you need to go there with a specific intention. We all know that we're all hungry and we're all looking for jobs right now. They know. Oh, they know. And they can smell it on you. <laughs> but please be patient. Please be patient with the industry folks that are coming there. Please understand and know how to converse with these guys. And there is a tact to handing out your business card. So please go there and have an intent in mind and that you will go so far by doing that. Hey, remember that just do it advice from David Brevik? Well, Mark Soderwall of Indie Game U had something uh, similar to say to that. Uh, I, If I could trademark this hashtag, I would. And basically the hashtag would be start now. In other words, with where you're at, with what you know, with what you have... You just need to start. 
And that's one of the other things, and I hate to keep plugging Indie Game U, but Indie Game U is just that. It is an indie effort. And you'll notice it from the first lesson all the way through the last lesson. You'll see this hockey stick up of quality. The first lesson literally was filmed in the loft of my home with a GoPro camera. Mm-hmm. With, you know, with subpar audio to some degree. I mean, you know, it, it isn't high definition. But as you're going through the courses, you'll notice that it gets better and it gets more rich and it gets more full. The information is always great, you know, and the best practices and the tips and the methodologies being shared. I mean, that never changes. That's always just top tier. But I'm just talking about the delivery system. I'm talking about the the recording and the technical side of it. And I I basically just had to come to that moment where it's like, okay, you know what? I either can't afford the HD cameras and the lighting sets and the audio uh, equipment or whatever. I'm just going to start with what I have because this needs to get let loose. And that's what I did. So people can understand that Mark practices what he preaches. He starts now. He starts where he's at because he just has to get it loose. Because I'm, I'm like a soda bottle full of carbonation that just gets shook up. If you don't pop that cap off, I'm going to explode the freaking glass. So <laughs> basically, that's what I did. I started where I was with my abilities, my resources, my time, and it got better. And it got better and better and leveled and leveled, but I had to start. Because if I would have waited until I had arrived, at least in my mind, I I had arrived. I got the HD cameras. I got the technology sorted. I got the audio sorted. I don't even know if it would have ever started because that goal line would have always kept getting pushed out further and further to where it just wasn't attainable anymore. So damn it, people, all I have to say to you right now is you have to just start and understand that it will get better, but you you need to just start moving into it and damn the naysayers and just go forward with your abilities and your resources and your time. That's it. Well, Mark Soderwall definitely knows how to light a fire in you. I'll tell you that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, gosh. the yeah, it's 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 obviously it's it's a heart's cry of mine, and and every every interview and and every video lesson that is done, there's always a vein in the forehead and veins out of the neck of me talking. It's it's very you know Gary V like, um, where it just it really just puts it all back on you, but not lording it over you to where you have to just get bogged down in fear and intimidation. It's encouraging. It's empowering. It's mentorship. It's helping you pull yourself up by the bootstraps, sometimes even helping you get yourself out of the way and just moving forward. And like I said, just starting with where you're at, with what you have, with what you know, and just moving forward. Jason Delaraca of Execution Labs took a different approach to his advice, one that I love personally. If you want to succeed, and I mean really succeed, then it's not enough to be a game designer. Put on your suit, symbolic or otherwise, and be an entrepreneur. Well, uh, at the end of every Indie Insider episode, I do ask my guests to kind of gather up all their past experiences and their stories and their thoughts and share a final and a general piece of advice with the aspiring indie developers out there. Of course, you've already shared, you know, an immense amount of insight and uh, knowledge and advice, but is there anything else you'd like to send people home with? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You got to prepare <laughs> me for that. You got to prepare. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think, um, you know, the, the main thing is, you know, if you want to, 
to actually build a business from games, you know, to take that on legitimately and don't be afraid to call yourself an entrepreneur. Uh, and, and, you know, there are countless uh, highly respected folks in the industry that, that I would say that are these indie entrepreneurs that everyone, you know, believes does amazing work, innovative, creative work, but also they're making crap tons of money uh, and there's, there's no shame in it. So, um, you know, if you're going to take on that identity as an indie entrepreneur, you know, really, you know, put on the suit, even if it's a sort of symbolic suit and take on that role and take the responsibility to, to learn and educate yourself about business you know, at the end of the day, you know, game developers are problem solvers and the business is just another problem to solve. Uh, and I think for too long, people have just been kind of, you know, scared of the business, but really it's just another problem to tackle. So, so take that on full heartedly um, and, uh, you know, success is much more likely to come. Luke Muscat, creator of Fruit Ninja and other addictive mobile games, shares advice for those of you who may be second guessing your current idea. I give this advice to some people and it, it, apparently it ruffles a few feathers. But so, and, and it totally seems like common sense to me. Like it seems like really straightforward. But like I guess my big thing is really like hurry up and make games faster. <laughs> like just, just make stuff at like the maximum speed you can. And I, I, I guess people get annoyed because they feel like I'm saying like don't, Spent, don't be like a craftsman don't like put you know that element of craftsmanship into your games it's totally not what i'm saying at, at all um i guess like my main thing is like i really want more indie developers to like develop rapidly and like make decisions with like confidence and, and really get stuff out there because like the the digital landscape is so crazy and so perilous it it really pains me when i see people spending like three or four years on a game and like a bunch of those games end up being really good games and you know certainly some of them do really well but I can't even imagine the heartbreak of spending three years on a game and then it releases and you know you came out the same week as Clash Royale or whatever and you just get totally buried and you know I guess like it's something that we've always done you know like with Fruit Ninja, like I said, which was six weeks, and then you know even landsliders and slide the shakes, like we, it's like really get out there and like commit to like interesting ideas with like confidence and and really like attack them and and get into those ideas and don't don't kind of continually like second guess yourself and I, I and you know slow down, just keep hitting it really hard and fast and get stuff out there and you know get your game out into the world and you know make make three good games instead of one good game i guess just go faster make cool stuff do it scott rogers author of level up has his priorities straight the goal is to keep making games uh yeah i'll I'll kind of tied into what we talked about earlier about the games being a business uh is the the advice that i give about why you how do you do that how do you um what's a good strategy for staying in the game industry and i think the it's not really a secret because it's kind of a no-brainer but uh, i think it's this um make a game that people can 
finish because if you can't finish a game people will get you know mad or angry or oh this game sucks i i can't finish it <laughs> because it's too hard or whatever um and the reason why you want people to finish it is you want people to think highly of your game and then if they think highly of your game they will tell other people about how great your game is and then those people as well as the people that are already like hey i like the last game let's buy the next one and so you want to get uh, an audience that is uh, favorable to you <laughs> and and because they're the ones that are going to be supporting you and help you to keep making games so so ultimately, I think it boils down to this: is be kind to the player, give them, show them some love, uh, and give them a reason to love you, because that will keep you employed. And ultimately, that's the goal: is for us to keep making games. And I and I hope that everybody that's out there listening to this uh, enjoys enough success to to have a nice, long, happy, healthy uh, career in gaming. Danny Baranowski is one of the coolest dudes I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. You're probably familiar with his soundtracks to some stellar indie video games. And his just do it advice comes with a twist. Don't just do it. Do it and don't stop. Keep making stuff. That's my, uh, that's my advice. Don't stop. Keep making stuff. That's the only, all the people I've talked to who are successful and make cool stuff that I like. The common thread is you just keep doing it. You know, even if for the rest of your life, you might not be a millionaire. It might not ever be your job. If you ever want that opportunity to rise, if you ever want to do it, hell, if you just love it, right? Like find out, first find out you're sure you love it. And if you do, don't stop. And it sounds like the most cliched, shitty advice because it is. But unfortunately, it's true. You just, every single person you see who's successful and stuff just did it for you know, 99% of the time, you know, Rebecca Black didn't do it for a long time, but you know, <laughs> that's an outlier. Keep doing it. Don't stop unless you want to stop. And that's valid too. If you're not interested in it more, stop. But if you're, if you still love it and you want to do it for, for reals, you can, you can embroider that into a pillow. My rambling <laughs> semi-English diatribe about persistence. That is some solid rambling advice from mm. Danny Baranowski, video game composer. Brett and Shane from Vashta Entertainment have been through a lot in their time as developers, and that has helped give them a clear perspective on how they got to where they are now. I guess I'm actually going to start by somewhat quoting Stephen King, and uh, I love his book on writing. Anyone who's into do-it-yourself or any sort of creativity, I'd highly recommend that book. But one thing he talks about in there is people come up to him who want to write a book and ask for advice. And he asks them what they're reading and they say, oh, I'm, I'm too busy to read. And I think that the most toxic mentality you can have when you go to create something is that you're too busy for any part of it. I know so many people who have said that they want to build games and they'll do that when they're less busy. They, they want to do it at some point, but they're too busy right now. I think if you really want to do something, you have to learn to reorganize your priorities and just do it, even if you have to make some sacrifices to make that happen. Shane, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess the piece of advice that I would give is something that I think both Brett and I have believed in, is that uh, you have to complete something. And it's really hard to do. 
but you have to close a project. Because I know for us, any of these projects could go infinite. And like we, if we wanted them to all be perfect and exactly as we imagined them and have all the features we hoped they'd have, it would never be complete. It would be a lifelong project. So we have to understand where to make cuts and where to make decide that this is what the game's going to be. And I think that's really important is that if you're going to go into this, take a manageable project, something like simple, and put it out there and see how that feels. Explore that before you go for that big harvested game that you want to build. <laughs> Taking feedback is probably one of the main things we as human beings struggle with. I know I do. Lucas Molina has in the past. But at the end of our chat, he shared the advice that even he needed to hear. Important. But just so I don't uh, repeat uh, what everyone probably says, uh, I'd also add something that we have talked about here a little bit, which was the the feedback thing, right? I I, I don't I can't really uh, deal very well with player feedback and media feedback, but that that's no excuse, right? I I should be doing that. I should be uh, be more open to that. But at the same time, I, I really listen to developer feedback uh, a lot, and I show my 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 games during development to uh, to other devs, and I listen to their feedback every time. Uh, and I guess the the best way to deal with feedback is to never be defensive, because. Sometimes, yeah, the feedback's gonna suck. It's it's gonna be completely wrong. But <laughs> if you have a, a defensive attitude towards feedback, then you will probably ignore a lot of good feedback that could have made your game a lot better. So what you do is, you, whenever someone comments on your game, and you should ask people to comment as well, but uh, whenever someone says something, you should listen and ask questions. You don't give excuses. You don't say, oh, but I'm going to change this later. It's going to be different. It's going to be better. I already knew this. You don't say stuff like that. You just say, uh, cool, thanks for your feedback. Uh, do you think it would be better like this? Or... Uh, what do you think about this thing? You get feedback on other stuff that they, they haven't mentioned. You just ask questions and listen to the, the answers. Later, you can think about what they said. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's not going to be useful, but it's very important to uh, get this feedback so that you have material to think. Okay, real talk for a second. Sometimes it feels like David Serlin has a gravity around him that pulls everything else into him. He just strikes me as some sort of unstoppable force. But the advice he shared tells me that he doesn't view himself that way. All he wants to do is make sure that if anyone likes what he's making, it's himself. Okay, so for me, I am a systems thinker. I think of everything in terms of how the system fits together. And... I've when I daydream and think about games, sometimes I've got something in my mind where I think that system would be interesting or fun, and that's worth doing. And when I feel that way, uh, that's when you need perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this advice I'm going to say is kind of what I need. I need to hear myself too, <laughs> in that uh, you've just got to stick with it. And everything I've ever done, 
there's been people who think it's super great and people who just totally hate it. And often, often, uh, maybe even more than half the time, the people who hate it don't even hate it for what it is, but just like for various tangential reasons or my name or something I did a long time ago or whatever. And so I encounter like resistance to everything everywhere. And it's very frustrating and energy sapping. But you just got to keep going because there's other people out there that feel the opposite way. Uh, you know, you, you've just you've got to work for them <laughs> <laughs> and, and for yourself, too. Uh, I, I guess that's a, a different thing depending on artists like how they how they view their creation but for me the most satisfying thing is if i can make something that i think is good no matter what anyone else thinks that's the most satisfying thing and then it's bonus and gravy if other people like it too (laughs) um but no matter what the case or no matter who you're doing it for yourself or for somebody else uh anybody who's done anything will tell you it's just always a struggle there's always this endless obstacles and only the most perseverant people can stick with it so you you gotta really care about what you're doing uh and and i guess even make sacrifices in life you know to to be an indie dev there's a lot more stable ways to earn income well for sure Uh, but there's 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 some of us that just feel like we didn't have a choice like we we just have to do things uh, the the drive to make something is really personally my biggest drive. It's what I want to do is I want to make things. And and so I would hope that uh, the listeners out there feel that as well, feel like a, as a compulsion to create and uh, and have the perseverance to stick with it and see it to the end one way or the n- another because there's going to be a storm somehow that will try to stop you. My favorite interview to this day probably has to be my interview with Kate Edwards, previous executive director of the IGDA. Not because I don't love my interviews with my other guests, because I very much do, but Kate just strikes me as someone on a whole different level. Even after this soundbite, you should go back and listen to that episode. Trust me. Well, I I would say, and I know it's going to sound trite or cliche, but honestly, I mean, I've been around this industry long enough to know that it works, but you really really have to take your own destiny into your own hands i mean it's i see a lot of people and meet a lot of people who will uh incessantly complain about some aspect that's unfair and yeah there's a lot of things that are unfair not only in the game industry but in any industry in any workforce around the world but you basically you need to take it by your own hands and just do you know, forge ahead and you have to kind of develop a certain level of fearlessness. And if it takes you time to reach that, um, then challenge yourself again. Like I said before, challenge, find ways to challenge yourself, whether, no matter how you define that, that could be challenging yourself to be a better public speaker because you're so, so introverted or to be even to be able to network, you know, efficiently in a room with other developers, if that's something that scares you, um, challenge yourself to be a better programmer or a better artist, you know, take feedback very objectively as you can, you know, put your work out there for people to critique and listen to what they're saying, be a really good listener to what they're saying about your work and take it to heart. And, you know, you can, you can deal with the signal to noise ratio. You, you know, you kind of basically, if there's a lot of people just trolling, just tune those out. Don't worry about what the trolls say. Focus on what the good substantive feedback is and try and do better. 
And, um, you know, I think that's really a cycle that we need to put ourselves in. Um, like, like I said with myself, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that drives me is my curiosity. And that's never going to stop. I mean, I'm curious about everything. And so that drives my interest in culturalization. It drives my interest in seeing this industry be better because that's part of my curiosity. Can What will the game industry look like if we actually don't have crunch time anymore? If we actually have developers focused on what they do best and not worrying about whether or not they're going to get paid for the work they did, you know, things like that. And so, um, so yeah, I guess challenge yourself would be the number one thing I would leave people with. That is Anne McLaughlin, also known as the happy cat on YouTube, sometimes struggles with just getting up and doing the work. And I know how that feels. Hard work isn't very sexy. (laughs) (laughs) And what I mean by that is, and this could maybe only apply to me, but hopefully other people relate, is that sometimes you can get caught up thinking, For example, let's say you want to read more. You might think, oh, I want to go to a library or be surrounded by books or be in a certain environment or um, have a certain feeling. And you think about all this extraneous stuff, but it's just like, no, you should just go over to your bookshelf, pick up a book and just start reading it. Like do the thing that you're kind of um, avoiding doing or that you're overthinking. And so same with games, like don't play games and just analyze them. If you want to make one, just sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to try, um, as as I just mentioned before, the simplest possible version of my idea. Um, so don't get too caught up in all of the, um, of looking too far ahead in the future and needing a certain, um, need, like needing very specific things. Just do the thing that you need to do. Um, I, I like uh, in One Punch Man, the way he had this one punch to that could destroy any monster was just by doing 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, and running every day. Like, it was nothing that crazy. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to, to say to myself. Alexander Wynn created a mobile game that blew up, but people didn't always play the game or see the game as he intended. That happens a lot to game developers, but the key to Alex's success was his ability to stay flexible with his vision. Yeah, of course. There's a, a thing that somebody told me in film school that I actually like never connected to what I was doing with video games. And then I kind of looked back years later and I was like, oh, I think that's what they were talking about, which is they said, listen, what would you do if I told you that your first 15 movies were going to suck? They were just going to be panned. Nobody was going to go see them. You were going to be a joke. And then the 16th movie was going to win an Oscar. What would you do if you just knew that ahead of time? The easy answer is you would just make 15 movies. You would just do them and get them done and move on to the next. You would just get to the 16th movie and know beforehand that they're not going to be great. And that's kind of the attitude that I realized after the fact that I had about my apps was you just throw, you just make them, you just get them out there. And eventually you're going to have one that really is great, but you don't need the first one to be great or the third one to be great or the eighth one to be great. You just need one of them to be great. Get to that one. Well, Alexander, at the end of every episode, I do ask my guests to share a piece of advice um, with the audience, something that's you know relevant for them. That's been effective in their lives and their careers. You've dropped a ton of advice already in this episode 
is there anything else that you want to send people home with or you kind of want to stick the stick it with that one you know that's the biggest one that i sort of drive home for people is you just keep keep making things um that being said i don't want to i don't want to break your tradition and not drop a, <laughs> a nugget of advice right at the end so let's see what let's see what i can come up with um i guess aside from the two that I mentioned earlier, you know, keep plugging away and then make the things that you want to use. Um, the biggest other piece of advice that I that I have garnered from my time working on Terragenesis specifically is that I don't I don't quite know how to phrase this. It's like be open to um, people interpreting the game differently than what you thought it was going to be, you know? There were, I remember early on in Terragenesis, there was no way to disable or demolish a facility once you built it. Because I had this idea that, you know, like if you plant a forest on Mars, it's going to be making oxygen and you can't turn the forest off, you know? It's there. <laughs> like, th th that is a thing now. And so if you have too much oxygen, you're going to have to build something else to counter the effect. And that, to me, was part of the beauty of this concept, was that it was all about balance. You know, you've got this thing, okay, well, then you have to build this other thing to balance it out. As soon as the game came out, like day one, I was getting feedback. How the hell do I delete a facility? How do, how do I downgrade a facility? Or how do I turn off a facility? And I would send these carefully written messages about how, well, you know, the game is all about balance and stuff. And, you know, I don't think anybody was this, like, blunt about it, but basically the response was, that's stupid. Like, I built a thing, I want to be able to turn it off, you know? Okay, I can't turn off the forest. How do I burn the forest? <laughs> you know? People wanted to be able to do this thing. And ultimately, I just said okay. And I added the feature. And all of a sudden, we started getting way more positive reviews because it let them do the thing they wanted to do. So, ultimately, the game is better for it. And it wasn't exactly my vision, but who cares? I love the app as it exists now with the demolished facility feature. It's a crowd pleaser and it's like kind of emblematic of this doctrine that I have about listening to the fans. What does it matter if that wasn't part of your original vision? The game is good. So that's part of, that's that's one of the things that I think a lot of people should keep in mind is just stay flexible with your idea about what this app is. You know, keep, t stay true to the core idea. But if you're, if your players want a thing, Experiment with how you can give it to him. Dirk Niemeyer is one of my idols, so it was a personal pleasure of mine to talk to him. He strives to live his life with a true sense of balance between what he does and who he is, and that's the advice he shared on the show. Alignment. You will create better things. You will have better relationships. You'll have more um, rewarding and successful employment um, situations. Uh, so I really, I really encourage people to, to take the time and have the courage to figure out really who they are, really honestly, and having even more courage to change their life in smaller, large ways to, to realize alignment between yourself and, and the world around you. That's excellent advice. And it sounds just from talking to you that, that you've really worked hard to figure out your own personal alignment. Is that true? Would you say that you've, you've, you've made some headway in that regard? 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a struggle. Um, I, I have a high degree of self-awareness for sure. Like on that part, I, I give myself very high marks, but um, making the changes to the structure of your life is, is a tricky one. And especially because the world changes, you change, your circumstances change. So getting alignment in one moment, you know, six months later, a year later, five years later, that can change pretty radically. And sometimes it's not easy to realign um, because you have commitments to people, you have commitments to situations. So I think I do pretty well with alignment um, within, you know, the, the constraints of being considerate of and including other people's um, uh, destinies in, in my <laughs> decisions. But um, it's tough. You know, it's tough. I, I definitely am not fully, fully aligned, but I'm satisfactorily aligned, which practically speaking. If any of you are ever stuck with the business side of video games and want some guidance, reach out to Rocky Kev. He's a pretty incredible guy who has a clear vision of how to take the business of video games to the next level. If there's one thing I want to share, it's that if game developers, one one major takeaway is if game developers uh, focus less on the assumption, the hypothesis of saying, I bet people will want this, and instead focus on let me actually ask them just and that's by creating a prototype and sharing it with folks and saying and seeing the results and validating that that works and then moving forward i think that will save many many developers uh so much headaches of the, in the future where the most crushing story is the i spent five years making a game and no one wants to buy it and become like me essentially like leave the industry that crushes me so if we can just as an industry, figure out ways to make smaller hypotheses, ask the question, do people want this? How do I find, like, how do I validate and prove that this is what people want? And through frequent testing, like that, if we can just figure that part out, um, that's the takeaway. That that's Let's do that. And shift your mindset from kind of building, simply building a game instead of building a business that looks for opportunities in the marketplace and make games that people want. And like, this is not a new thing, by the way. This is like app developers do this. They understood this years ago since uh, Eric Reese wrote the Lean Startup in 2011. So, you know, we can do this too. Indie developers can do this. Jump, which strives to be the Netflix of indie games, just recently launched, but I had the opportunity to talk to Anthony Palma, the company's CEO, prior to release. And if you can imagine launching something as big as Jump, then you'll understand why Anthony's advice is so applicable. And you really know that this is what your future is going to be. Find a way to make it work. Don't give up on it. Um, it's really important to have perseverance as part of your mantra because startups are hard. Um, doesn't matter if you're a game developer or building you know, enterprise software. It's going to be difficult and there's going to be bumps. So you know, build perseverance into your character, uh, number one. And then the second, I think it's really important that a lot of people overlook is, uh, is the network effect of just meeting people and getting into their, you know, um, their line of sight and, and knowing them and expanding your network. Um, one of the biggest pieces of feedback I used to give, we used to do a whole session on it at Core Labs was, um, sometimes you just have to know people. And so we would talk about best practices for networking, but, Really, don't be afraid to reach out to anybody. Um, you know, we we have been encouraging people to ping us on Discord or email us uh, so that they can talk directly to us. And it's not often you see a startup, uh, especially like a whole platform, say, "Hey, you can talk to us right now on Discord all the time." Um, and we wanted to have that as a differentiating factor. But you know, being able to know the right people is so important. 
Um, I think our PR campaign was very successful because Cindy is just one of those incredibly well-connected industry veterans. And so she could tell you firsthand that the network really matters. So make networking a priority uh, as you're trying to grow your company. Meet everybody you can. See if they know anybody. Um, you know, LinkedIn goes a little bit of the way, but go to events and meet people, you know, go to PACs, go to developer meetups, uh, meet anybody you can, and don't be afraid to reach out to even the highest level people. We get so caught up in producing a product that we forget to be passionate about it. That's what the advice from Fred Wester, the CEO of Paradox Interactive, is all about. Yeah, I think what people typically um, are starting to forget, even in our industry, is how important it is to be passionate about what you do and really make sure that you focus on what you're passionate about and don't let other people tell you what you should do because there's like an opening in the market or there's a commercial opportunity and whatnot. Because if you're not passionate about what you do, you can never sell what you're trying to sell to other people either. So the passion, I think, is the most important basis for any company that is starting today. And I mean, has that been true for you? Are you pretty passionate about all the things that Paradox does and puts out? I would not say everything, but at least 75 to 80%. We make our mistakes <laughs> and we do some bad things that we've done in the past as well, but I, I'm getting closer to 100% for every day that passes. But the most important thing is that I'm passionate about what the company stands for, and that's super important to me. Our 50th episode featured Nolan Bushnell, founder of Atari and a ton of other successful companies. And I think you'll find that common advice sounds a bit different coming from someone like him. Just do it. Um, I think that um, a lot of people are entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs. They want to be an entrepreneur, but they don't really work at it that much. And there's a lot of people who think that they can't be an entrepreneur until they raise money. And that's like the kiss of death. Uh, most people who are raising money have done a lot of successful things. And don't try to do anything that you can't afford to do with your back pocket. And then don't forget that a lot of times you have to earn a living. And so what can you accomplish in weekends and, and, and evenings? And, uh, I mean, Atari got started weekends and evenings. Uh, we didn't, we didn't do, and we didn't really get it started until we'd been really working on a project for, for almost a year. So, so go out and do it, but start on it right now and uh, accomplish things and figure that you're not going to raise a penny until you've been successful at something small. Yeah, that's really, really sound advice. Uh, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Here's our last piece of advice for this episode, and I saved it for last because, well, it's about taking advice. Here's Craig Morrison from Blizzard Entertainment. I think one thing, and that's to take advice with a pinch of salt in some ways. Uh, and what I mean by that is a lot of people ask people, designers of my generation, like, how do I get into games? How do I do this? And honestly, our actual roots and our experiences aren't actually very relevant to today's world because the world has changed immensely from when we were breaking into the industry. I think the philosophy of how we applied ourselves and hard work 
and making games and learning, those are things you can kind of, they're good, strong fundamentals you should always follow. But the whole, like when you ask for advice of how do I get into games, like don't do it how I did it because that probably won't work anymore. <laughs> uh, and maybe look to how you can forge your own path and use modern mediums and the modern media and roots and kind of just define your own path. But always remember that nothing kind of beats the hard work and putting hours in. So there you go. Hopefully you heard something in there that's true for you or resonates with where you're at right now and has helped you focus just a bit. And like Craig said, there are just no shortcuts. This is a difficult industry to work in, but it's extraordinarily rewarding. If you're ever stuck and could use some help, feel free to reach out to me. We're all in this together. Thank you for joining us this week. Again, if you have thoughts, questions, or ideas you'd like to share, you can email me at logan at blackshellmedia.com or reach out on Twitter at Indie underscore Insider or at Logan A. Schultz. That's L-O-G-A-N-A-S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. You can also find us on Instagram under the name Indie Insider. The show is on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast services across the web, as well as the Blackshell Media blog. If you enjoy what we're doing here and want us to keep doing it, or if you have things you'd like us to change, please go to your favorite podcast provider and leave us a review so that we can keep sharing these episodes with you each week. Special thanks this week go out to Raghav Mother, Daniel Doan, and Raquel Hainer, as well as Benjamin Tiso over at bensound.com for the use of his song, Going Higher. I'm Logan Schultz, and you've been listening to Indie Insider. We'll see you next week.